It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! I'll tell you what, you wait a long time for the Brentford podcast, you get the Everton one pretty much quickly straight afterwards. This is Let Me Talk, I'm David Mooney, with me is the Athletic City correspondent Sam Lee, still inside the Etihad. Hello Sam. Still inside the Etihad, still on this microphone. <laughs> yeah, we uh, hopefully the background noise won't be too bad on this one because the PA stopped, so uh, we should be alright. Yeah, so basically we didn't expect the pub to get as busy as it did at what, like four o'clock on a Friday. On a Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. yeah. Um, Losing track. But yeah, so we've had a bit of feedback about the background noise. Sorry about that. Um, if this is as bad or or a bit annoying, let us know and we'll just never do it again. Uh, and we'll just stick to the other the other setup. Um, but that being said, we do get other benefits of recording inside the Etihad, which is uh, less time to think and formulate proper <laughs> opinions. Yeah. But, so or maybe more laughs. So a 2 0 win over Everton to uh, kick us off with then, Sam. Um, it wasn't an easy game, was it, by any stretch of the imagination? And I can't really put my finger on why. I thought Everton defended in a way that caused City problems, yeah. but it also felt like City caused their own problems. Yeah, um, the old-fashioned bit of both. There must be yeah. a Brian's yeah. Gun video for a bit of both <laughs> bit of coming both. up. Um, <laughs> Better be careful. Though. Well, if I was on if I was on TV, I'd, I'd have signed my own death warrant already. Um, but yeah, so you said the other day the Brentford away game might have been City's best performance of the season. This might have been the worst. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it was a bit of both in the sense that Everton, you know, we normally probably expect oh, Sean Dyche, they're going to sit back, defend, dig in. They didn't. They pressed high. They, they made it difficult for City to try and you know, build up to get passes through the middle. So that was them doing their bit. And then City doing their bit badly was a lot of that responsibility was Akanji, gave the ball away easily. Nunes gave the ball away easily. Alvarez gave, gave the ball, ball away easily. easily. Like, Players who were better in bigger spaces, particularly Alvarez and, and Nunes. Um, obviously, Akanji's he... just not as good in the midfield. Yeah. I know Nadem said, has this podcast come out yet? But Nadem reckons Akanji's as good as Stones in there. I think that's just him being awkward because he isn't. Um, <laughs> what does he know? I, I, I still don't think he is. So then, obviously, City changed it when Edison was down early on because it wasn't really having the dividends. Because if you think back to before the game, that back four, it was the Champions League final back four. It was the first time they'd played together this season. Since, since then, yeah. And you think, people thinking, who's going to go into midfield? Like, which one of them, Stones and Akanji, will play right back? 
and then they both went into midfield. Kanji played left do back. Th- do you think that he picked the team based on what he thought Everton were going to do and they didn't do that? But they pressed they pressed high up against Spurs last week, mm. albeit at home. I saw that they had 18 like uh, final third regains or something, which was the most in the Premier League this season or for a few seasons or something. Um, so maybe he did expect them to do that. Um, maybe thinking back to the game after Christmas, you know, when after half time they were going more wide and he was like, You don't have that man to, you don't have that advantage in the middle. There's no overload in the middle, it's out wide, so you have to use that. But you know, maybe Guardiola, you know, like early this season when he didn't have his control players, he was like, Well, we're gonna try chaos, but in a controlled it, manner. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, in the way we can do it. But like it seems to be our only recourse. But here, with a bit more preparation, I feel like, you know, as soon as the option to have control is there, I feel like they have gone back to it, albeit in new ways. I feel like with Guardiola, with preparation for this game, he's thought, rather than try and have that problem again and go wide, maybe we just do try and have the overloads in the middle. I'd feel more comfortable with that, I being Guardiola in this case. And that might be the way that that we do it. Um, But obviously, by the time Edison went down injured, which was like, what, 13 minutes? Yeah. They wanted to, to change things up. Stones dropped back a bit more. Akanji still going into midfield from centre-back. But it didn't really work too well. But then it just goes down to personnel, I think. You know, the, the worst Alvarez giveaway was the most obvious one before half-time. It did so well to win it back. It's not a case of just slide in Haaland, but at least make a better job of it than yeah. what he tried. But by that point, everyone was already frustrated because he'd given it away a few times. Nunes wasn't particularly good at all. Um, you know, I was... People said, oh, I like, I like the look of this team, you know, around the press box, people I was speaking to. But genuinely, and there are there will be people listening, because I spoke to them before the game, who referenced me playing crap, so they would have listened to the last one. <laughs> so if I need backing up, I'll call on them. But I was like, I can see City probably winning anyway, but I see it being scrappy. I don't well, see it being the most fluid City performance. But to I be fair, a... it was less fluid, yeah. more scrappy than I thought. And for a while, I thought, I'm not sure City are going to score. Yeah. I was like, I know they can bring on De Bruyne, and then when De Bruyne was on, I was like, I know we can make the difference. But I'm not sure it's coming. Yeah. And then, I, yeah. I, I, I was thinking back to... You know, we, we've talked extensively uh, about this sort of thing in the past, and I kept thinking that it was a very, and I apologise to the listeners for making this comparison, but it was a very united performance for the first kind of hour or so. And what I mean by that is, like, Everton weren't really a threat, there wasn't no. really a danger of losing the game. And if you were going to win it, it might just be an, an individual quality player doing something of quality, and that's it. And you kind of banking the farm on, or, or betting the farm on, on that happening. Um, there's an argument that that's what happened when they got the lead. Really, that you know, Haaland can hit it really hard, and it fell to him in a position yeah. where he hit it really hard, and that's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we always say he's got one job, and he hasn't. Like, there's a bit of pressing. The, the, the sheer presence means teams have to play in a different way. But compared to all the other players, who can do more in different areas and they're more integral to the build-up you know he is detrimental to the build-up to the extent that they had to move stones in there last season yeah, to yeah. kind of solve a problem so when you are like that you need to score the goals which I talked about it maybe I'm being harsh again but talked about it after the Brentford game and going through on goal you've got to score that mate um, obviously this this first goal against Everton wasn't Whack. the same thing yeah, yeah. but it's like well fair play because if you are in the team and to be fair he would have had a nightmare time today because he wasn't getting any service was no, he? no service couldn't no, get on the ball no chances yeah. created that was the first shot on target after 71 minutes mm. it was barely a chance created again to go back to a bit of both territory going in a kickoff Everton had conceded the f- joint fewest goals from open play in the league this season alongside Arsenal right, and Everton yeah, yeah. so it's like you can see why yeah. 
Um, and again, going back to them pressing high against Spurs last week, you know, probably should give them more credit for how difficult they are to play against. Um, but not the City did it particularly well. There's it's a, just to make this point about Haaland, yeah. fair play, because that goal was really needed. And in the end, it looked comfortable. But again, that was because he ran through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that had been another player, it's probably not making it look as calm and as inevitable as it was. And then, you know, Guardiola was still going mad with five minutes left of the ten minutes of injury time because he, you know, knew slash worried that if Everton score, those last five minutes of injury time are going to be shocking. Not going to be easy. Like you say, the chances of Everton scoring were fairly slim. Um, Paddy, the Everton lad next to me, he was just, and like anyone could see in the stadium, just kept giving the ball away. If ever they'd win it back, they'd keep giving the ball away. And I was like, I feel like that's what City were doing. I was like, both teams were poor, but City have got, to use that phrase again, the higher ceiling. Yeah. And they were still poor. And it's interesting you say about Everton and uh, kind of the, the fewest goals from open play, because what, what it's very easy to look at is look at where they are in the table they're in the relegation zone it doesn't take into account that they've actually won 10 more points than they've got in the table and so they are actually a mid-table side they're a, they're a side yeah, that is yeah but they is... did cheat to get there though so <laughs> it's, it's a difficult it's a moral quandary really I, uh, I did enjoy uh, the South Stand singing one charge and you fucked it up that was, uh, uh, that was, was that what it was good. yeah yeah <laughs> okay oh that is good actually but I didn't know what that was I thought it was Everton fan okay yeah fine yeah very good quite a good one I, the um, uh, I, Paddy reminded me that just after the takeover, there was a game here, I think, when Mancini was manager, Moises Everton won 2-0, and they were singing 2-0 and you've spent fuck all. That, that, <laughs> has, that has really come full circle, that one, hasn't it? Yeah, quite. I mean, that, I think I've got a feeling City could have gone top Christmas Day with that one, and that was uh, the coldest I've ever been at a game. That's okay. how, that's, Everyone that, remembers yeah, those. How, how appalling it was. Uh, another quick one to shout out is Richard Burns told us about a uh, chant from the top of the South Stand. Um, that was uh, Cheating Gets You Nowhere. Enjoyed that? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be surprised if that was more than 10, 15 <laughs> lads from the same group, because that's, that's too witty. For a football crowd yeah. of any description, I think <laughs> very good. I mean, again, I wanted to do that when they they were singing "Cheating Bastard." You know what you are. I said to Paddy, I was like, "There's only one team been found guilty of <laughs> profit and sustainability breaches, mate." So I don't know what they're on about. Yeah, tweet that, see how it goes yeah. down. Um, well, I did do. I did eventually get around to that rules is rules one. Did you? Yeah, when Everton <laughs> and Forest got charged the second, well, Everton for the second time, I couldn't. I couldn't resist. Play. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the structure because uh, we're, we've been kind of looking at that as one of the issues that City faced. And you mentioned the Kanji and Stones moving into the middle. Um, I saw Jim City Tactics tweet that it was leaving City a little bit exposed out wide. Um, and I, That's a Brentford thing. Yeah. They leave the channels exposed quite a bit. I mean, look, City have played a two, two centre-backs, three you know midfielders and centre-backs combo before. They've played it a lot before. Um so I'm not saying this is one that Guardiola's taken from from Deserbi or Brighton, but it just popped into my mind. Brighton do do that. They do leave their fullbacks, the fullback area exposed to have the benefit, you know, another trade the overload in the middle to have the overload in the middle. Yeah, and it, you look at, at kind of the way City were playing. I guess you can kind of look at it and go, well, Everton, are, they're not likely to have much down the channels, so we take that risk and, and you bank it. But but how how did you feel it worked with with? those two alongside Rodri because when you think back to was it Haaland's first game uh, again when he when they played against West Ham and yeah. he had Walker and uh, and Cancelo going in there yeah, from yeah, fullback so like what what do you make of it all as a, as a structure well I mean as a structure I think there's obviously benefits to it but today it was hard to see him and to be fair um, you know after that that change I don't think Stone stepped in quite so much I think he was a bit more talk about the the, the 
the drawbacks of doing it straight after the whistle. It'd be nice to go and check this. But you can see Stones was a bit more withdrawn. He was staying a bit more mm. towards that right back area, staying out of the heat of the battle. Particularly straight away, it was like you could just see he's the free man there. He can take the sting out of the situation. You know, if it does get a bit heated in the middle or City can't even go into the middle, they can just drop it back to him. He's in a bit of space to bring it forward. It was just a bit of a tweak. Uh, uh, you know, you'd imagine that was Guardiola thinking this isn't really working in the right way. But again, even after that, it didn't get too much better. Fluid, but to be it? fair, so- even when they brought on um, De Bruyne and Walker, it didn't get much better. It, it didn't. It, well, it did. For it seemed a little like there was a bit yeah, more momentum yeah. to the attacks, but. It was only corners they were getting. And to be fair, corners, you know, corners well, where they, they came from. Yeah. But they didn't create any chances, really. Um, you know, thinking in the first half, again, because Paddy was like, how would you change this? I was like, well, the obvious one is just De Bruyne for Nunes. That's just obvious. And then I was like, I'm going to get shown up here because I was like, this is, a, this is above my pay grade, trying to work out what City need to do. Like, you know, what Guardiola is likely going to do. I'm, I've no idea. Mm. But I was like, well, it could bring on Carl Walker, put Foden in the middle. Just pluck, like, plucking for something that we've seen already. I was like, I can't imagine it will be that because there's probably knock-ons other, like, in other areas. But it turns out that is what happens. But it, that's effectively going, we're going to go back to a shape that we're more comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's more comfort. But like in terms of you know, men in the middle, people, like those attacking midfielders, Nunes and Alvarez, were a bit more comfortable in, in bigger spaces. Just get Foden in there. Like Whether, whether or not we're thinking... Foden's better in the middle, he should play instead of Alvarez, he should play instead of whoever, the team should be built around him, whatever. He's just more suited to this particular game, this particular mm-hmm. minute, than those other players. Like, bringing on De Bruyne will get you an assist. He did get an assist. Um, it can get you a moment of brilliance, but that wouldn't have fixed the issues that they had yeah, of yeah, yeah. being able to move the ball quickly, work it very well in very tight spaces, get the ball, pop it off. Foden inside would do that. Um, so regardless of them being a bit more familiar with it or comfortable with it I just think it suited them better on the day yeah and you think of like the the box that City were aiming for and the fact that and kind of the players that you get in the middle like all of the the, the players that were in there you look at Nunes <laughs> you look at, at Alvarez yeah. like they're, they're not the players that you want in the tight spaces are they? Well, it just brings us back to what we were saying about the Brentford game there's the, those, those trade-offs to make sure that City have got like five or six mm. of the best central players in the league, probably in the centre, yeah, all in the middle, like it's perfect and it just works as a different blend of abilities on the ball, off the ball, work rate. Um, you know whether some of them are better operating higher, a bit, a bit lower. And then today you just think it's all the players in the middle you don't want. And again, it goes back to what you said after the Brentford, well, during the Brentford podcast. Does anything need to change for the weekend? It was like, well, yeah, just in terms of like keeping certain players happy in the squad, morale, you know, fitness. I did expect there to be some changes. Maybe not quite. It, probably, it felt quite wholesale today. Yeah, it felt quite in a way. It, it felt unusual for him to have made that many. Yeah. But obviously, Copenhagen in the in the midweek is. I mean, he'll obviously be terrified about kind of the threat that they pose. So yeah. Like, well, to be fair, like I think it's quite un Guardiola, or in terms of the way that us two in particular talk about Guardiola being risk averse, which obviously he is. There is still an element here where he's gone. It's not going to be an easy game, this. Mm. But I am going to take that risk of not going with the strongest team. Maybe he thought this was the strongest team, although if he's not he got didn't. Bernardo and De Bruyne yeah, in, he, he wouldn't have, would he? Just for the, the kind of greater good. And I think that will be the case with Copenhagen. He will be worried about what could happen. But there are, there are two legs to it. But again, with the players who didn't start today, you'd imagine they would. That would be much more like 
the stronger City team. But you, you see he's not quite so risk-averse and worried about what might happen. He is still thinking, well, on the balance of probabilities, we've still got the better players, we've still yeah. got the better system. And especially being at home here... They're probably not going to pose thinking, a huge threat. Yeah, yeah, like he wouldn't do this at Goodison. But then also, with it being away at Copenhagen, you think it might change, but also with it being Copenhagen. Yeah. Not even Leipzig, you know, in terms of their threat, certainly not a Bayern Munich or an Atletico Madrid. However, the style of team that has not got the quality, yeah. he, might, he might take that same approach as well. But, yeah, with De Bruyne only playing 25, 30, probably more than 30, um, Bernardo only coming on towards the end, there's an opportunity just to get those guys back in there then. Yeah. Um, and it just looks much stronger anyway. Coming up after a short ad break, there'll be some more from the in-stadium chat of the Everton game on a completely ad hoc basis. Join us then. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. I'm interested that you get kind of let's talk about Foden a little bit because obviously he scores a hat trick at, at Brentford, yeah. you know, running the game. He started out wide left, but did play kind of in the centre, drifted in. He was very on the right today, and to a point of uh, kind of a couple of minutes into the second half, I said, "Oh, him and Nunes have swapped," and I messaged you and said, "Oh, Foden's more central now." Um, and then immediately went back out to the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the thing I said. I said to Paddy, "I was like, oh, Foden's gone out to the right." I was like, "I would like to wait and see," because I wasn't looking to see if there was a situational reason for why they just ended up there. And then we messaged about it. I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And then yeah, they just changed back. Um, yeah, I mean, people don't really like it. Um, I didn't like it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, again, you get a hat, you get a hat through the middle. We're just talking about. Moving, I mean, look, we just talked about moving Foden to the middle because it made the most sense mm. on the day against that particular opponent. Well, that was true at kickoff. Mm. Um, and look, if it's probably one of those where Guardiola could say, yeah, but like in terms of who plays on the right, let's say Bernardo needs a rest, who does go on the right? Yeah. Um, Foden can do it, Doku can't, Nunes can't, so it has to be Foden. Really? It's not ideal, but, yeah. it's, but none of these things are. So you see what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it doesn't. It, it's not good. But again, in terms of trade-offs and the best use of qualities and that kind of thing, who else would go on the right if yeah. Bernardo 
shouldn't start for whatever reason, it probably does have to be Foden. Mm. And then, look, you could approach it in a different way and you could have Walker at right back going up and Foden coming inside. But in terms of potential complaints about that, like it was funny when everyone was screaming out for subs and Walker was, was, what, I mean, was one of them. <laughs> well, he was one of them. Obviously, he came on at the same time. And I tweeted, you know, Walker and De Bruyne are coming on. Everyone was like, De Bruyne are good. Like, Walker, why? So it's like, if, De Bruyne, if, sorry, if Walker had started at right back and gone up, people wouldn't necessarily have liked that either. And it's just a case of like, trying to fit the pieces together, not just in terms of who is on the pitch, but who Who's can't on the, be on the pitch. Who can't be on the pitch. And what works best. Up, yeah. And it's like, look, I didn't, I didn't really like it. Like I said, I've just made the case for moving Foden inside is the best thing that could have happened today. That would have been the case from kickoff too. It would have been the case much earlier as mm. well. But who goes out there like from the start? And even, you know, by the end, it was bringing on Walker. So I don't really like it. The fact that he just scored a hat-trick in the middle and he's looking so good in the middle... And then he moves out to the right where he's further from the action. And then again, you've got that element of he's suffering because he's so versatile. Yeah. But, I mean, there is kind of that, but also it is just true at the same time. He is so versatile and he's and he, still good there. And he can do those jobs. He yeah. can do it. But yeah, like the other side of the coin is obviously none of the others can. So look, if Alvarez could play on the wing, look, that, that's the kind of yeah. unfairness about it, isn't it? Like if Alvarez could play on the wing, he would have been out there and Foden would have been in the middle. So it's like Foden is being kind of double punished because Alvarez gets a run in his favourite position, which is Foden's favourite position because Alvarez isn't as good mm. or as rounded as Foden. So it is a bit unfair, but it's not about being fair, is it? It's about winning the game and it's about fitting the players yeah. together as well as they could. And look, if, if Bernardo could have started or Walker could have started or whatever, then maybe it's a bit unfairer, but unfairer but <laughs> but, if, but if you know if they if they two you know if those two had to have a rest then so it's, it's a yeah, good balance got, overall you've, you've and it's, the, it's really the only answer yeah and you look at uh, kind of like the, the the rest of the shape of the team I mean we talked about the the uh, Kanji and Stones thing uh, going in with Rodri um, De Bruyne comes on and changes the game. I thought it was interesting when Bernardo came on. Did he? Do you think he changed the game? I think he did enough. Yeah, I think I, I, it was it was the sense of certainly where I was sitting and from where I was sitting, there was a sense in the stands of huge frustration that things were not going right. De Bruyne comes on and suddenly, yeah, but then suddenly City have. I mean, you said it was only a couple of corners, but like the frustration partly was that City couldn't keep Everton penned in and then for the next De Bruyne comes on for the next five minutes they're penned in and it's yeah. like it's 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 like it's a presence, momentum thing yeah, yeah it's a presence thing it's not even not even a quality on the ball thing and I mean we talked about his injury um, and and kind of like the work he was getting through he was herring around the pitch trying to just trying to win it back trying to put Everton under pressure and suddenly I noticed the turnovers were a lot easier and I noticed that um the like, like City were on the ball a lot more. I didn't feel like things were getting much better. There was a. I did have a bit of a sense that the, the attacks were a bit more sustained, but I don't think that leap towards City winning was because De Bruyne had changed. I mean, maybe he did change the game in a certain changed way. Changed the but, dynamic of it but more not, than the actual. But. But wasn't like the decide, but yeah, but it wasn't the deciding factor in City winning it. But I mean, to be fair, any step towards improvement is welcome. It is what Guardiola was was obviously after. Um, I suppose obviously, obviously, the biggest contribution once the goal was already scored was when he got the ball on the halfway line for the counter attack, mm. 
I was thinking, I think he might he just might come inside. It. No, oh, I was might, thinking might he might actually come inside. Down. But it was not. I think because I, had, I was kind of quickly typing something about Harlan. I kind of thought maybe his body shape, maybe my expectation, which was wrong, made me think I can have a quick look down here at the mm. keyboard. And then I saw he played Harland in, and I was like, oh, here we go. Here, here we go and then, then Harland obviously wasn't going to do anything else but run at goal. Oh, I thought you were going to say but score. No, no, like, no, no, whoa, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, he did his kind of oil tanker turn, didn't he, to get it onto his left foot. <laughs> but at that point, you think there's nothing. You know, the, the, thing, the thing about that goal is, to go back to De Bruyne, who was part in it in a minute, there's been this sense, at least for me this season, I know for you as well, and probably for a lot of people listening, but I don't want to generalise, that Harland hasn't been as inevitable, yeah, you yeah. know. That when he goes through on goal, you think, I'm not sure if he's going to score this. But that, the way that he put it away did feel like last, like season. last season. Yeah. And the particular way that he put it away, bouncing Brantford off him, was exactly like he bounced Lewis Dunk off him. And then the way he kind of did that boat turning circle, turn to get onto get his left foot, was like the West Ham game on Opening the day. first yeah, game yeah. of the season. And by that point, you think, it's mad because it's so obvious what he's going to do. But it's almost like the goalkeeper's positioning is irrelevant because just he's got so in. much yeah. space just to kind of open his body up and curl it round. But it's he interesting just needs to it. when you think of, of the chance he missed against uh, Brentford, and there's probably more like that in the first half of the season that I can't remember. He didn't have time to do that. He no. was already on his left foot. He couldn't manoeuvre it anywhere else. Whereas there against Everton today, he's got his clean through on the box. Pickford started to come to him, but he's got a little bit of time to make up his mind. He could use his right foot, he could use his left foot, yeah. he could go round the keeper. He's got so many options. Whereas against Brentford, like, yeah, he should still score it and you want him to score it. But he had one option and that was take it when he took it and try and lift it over the keeper's legs as he's, as he's yeah. come out and the keeper's made a good save. Yeah, I'm trying to think, it's not just like, obviously it's not like he, that's the only goal he can score in those circumstances. But when he got the hat-trick against Palace at the start of last season, that was kind of under his feet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously that making that angle for himself is kind of cartoonish as it seems. <laughs> Very effective. But yeah, just in terms of De Bruyne's role in it, it's nice to at that time of the game because you know we're always talking about City needing to slow the game down at certain points. But it's about the balance, isn't it? Like earlier yeah, in the yeah. season, they need to slow it down more. But obviously at times, they need to speed it up more. And that was one of those scenarios where a lot of players, probably rightly because of the characteristics probably would have slowed it down mm. and made it a bit safer but obviously if you've got players like De Bruyne and Haaland to combine like that Haaland, Haaland who can make the run it safer than the yeah. second goal Haaland can make the run De Bruyne who can hit that ball and can hit it it's not it's not falling to someone who it's I mean the percentage of De Bruyne making that, that pass is a lot higher than say even someone like Foden yeah. who is who is a, who's like clearly a great player if Foden had made that pass it would have been one of his better passes yes, yeah, whereas yeah. with De Bruyne it's just Standard. rudimentary really yeah. I mean to be fair to Haaland as well it wasn't like he was through on goal either like yeah, I think Brantford yeah, was yeah. limping a little bit before that so the physical battle might have been in his favour slightly but he did have a long way to run and normally when he gets the ball okay normally we're more meant to beat but further from goal I'm just like you just, you just give this to somebody else and get yeah. back in the middle mate so he did very well with it but one thing just on the subject of De Bruyne bringing it forward making the more direct pass I kind of get the feeling with Foden now he is he is one of the players that's kind of more likely to try and slow it down I don't think he's as one geared yeah. Yeah, yeah. as direct as possible but I feel like he's I, I spoke to somebody after he played really well against Everton and Goodison about his you know his his development of powers and all that, mm. learning the different gears, and he was like, no, he just hasn't got it. 
like maybe you never will but I do feel like there's something there is something there and I, I, I wondered I mean you talk about Goodison and earlier in the season you think back to that Newcastle game where Guardiola had 11 available players played yeah. them and won the game 1-0 like it does feel like he has developed from there I know Foden ran that game from my memory he ran he, he did all the good stuff but it feels like the performance from, from Foden now what are we four months on five months on something like that it feels more mature yeah it does I mean I, I feel like it's a stupid thing to say for like somebody like us to say this because who the fuck are we but like, I feel like <laughs> you can trust him more on the ball yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean like, yeah. you should trust him anyway like, how unbelievable is he but to not always just try and force it force it force it like I feel like I'm always harsh on Alvarez but I don't trust Alvarez in the same way like he's well, obviously I mean, a player. I mean, there was. I, I've heard criticism of him this week about uh, keeping the ball in the centre of the pitch, and I counted four, five times today when it's played into his feet, it hits his shin and bounces yeah, yeah. away. And well, that's part of just kind of having like, those players on. down the middle, yeah. where it's, it's just not. It's that bit of both thing. Everton are making it difficult. If you're going to ride out of that storm, you need to be like technically perfect. Mm. And City, like all the City players are really technically good, but like they are the lower end of that very uh, high quality yeah. spectrum. And that, like, when it's, it, there's just a difference between Foden and Bernardo. Those kind of players popping it around in there, and yeah, that that was that was one of the examples. Yeah. Well, Sam, as we, we as we've mentioned a few times, we are recording this a little bit ad hoc uh, in the Etihad after the game. Uh, we've got the monitors around uh, the press box here. They've been reshowing the uh, Haaland opening goal, um, and I, I'm a little bit worried that I've done it a little bit of a disservice by basically saying that. Um, like he hit it really hard and that's it because when you watch his footwork to manoeuvre himself into, in a position to hit it really hard yeah, he's done well the anticipation for where it's going to drop you know that classic Haaland thing is really good um, but just like I think I feel like because his right foot's not the strongest is it? he has scored a couple of goals from outside the box with his right but it's not the strongest and I feel like you really need Again, why am I trying to apply my own kind of football experience with like Erling Haaland? <laughs> but whenever you hit it on your much weaker foot, you kind of need the whole body to do more of the work. Yeah, I can't do to it. To keep the I balance. If I get a pass back on my left foot, it's a swinger. Yeah. That's it. I, I, don't know, I don't know where, so I, need to, I, don't know where need, I need to have my body weight. You need your yeah. whole body behind it to, to kind of keep that, that balance, make sure it goes where it needs to go. Whereas if you, if you use your, your strongest foot, it feels like you're naturally set, aren't you? Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, geez, I mean, what, what kind of sound <laughs> are we talking about? But the way the way you can hit a ball with your, your right foot, it feels like less work needs to go into it. But you can kind of see Haaland manoeuvre himself into that position, the balance to get his right foot in a position to hit it, and then not just hit it, but hit it so well. But, you know, Pickford's made a good attempt at saving that, but mm. that is a lightning strike that, from like a kind of half-volley-ish position, not on his left foot sat up nicely it's a it's a really difficult one actually and not the kind of you know it's a standard Haaland type goal in terms of the ball's fallen and he scored but the way he's actually got it into the net is it's incre- it's, I don't think yeah, he's done it very easy. often yeah, it's not yeah. easy and, not easy in the yeah I mean you can, we can, you can look at all the different elements of the second goal but that was much needed not easy but well yeah just, just very much needed because I'm not sure where City would have gone if he hadn't have got that yeah 
Um, Although it would have been quite fun to say, oh, they didn't win the treble after all, but <laughs> small victories. Yeah, let's not uh, let's not go too much into that. Um, let's just bring it to um, Bernardo Sam because obviously he came on at one uh, nil, and I my text to you was Bernardo on to make the possessions longer, and I thought it was ironic that the very first thing he did was give it away, and the city couldn't yeah. keep the ball for the next five minutes or so. But yeah. like, you, you get it, you, you get kind of like you see why he came on you see why Grealish came on and then ultimately you look at at that 10 minutes added time you know if if it was still nil-nil and 10 minutes goes up then you know the the frustration in the stands is huge but the frustration at the the fact that the 10 minutes still gets added on because it's all of Everton's time wasting that's been added on it kind of feels like they've been given a golden chance to, to get back into it but City just didn't let them have anything and that was Grealish that was Bernardo that was those players yeah, and to be fair, in terms of the stoppages, there were some genuine-looking Everton injuries in there, um, which it's one of those where, again, we were saying here, like, this game's done. Like, if it had yeah. ended on 90 minutes, nobody would have batted an eye. But to be fair, I don't know, is this the common-sense thing? But all that time, of all the double-digit ad- additional times this season, that felt probably fair enough. Yeah. And, yeah, if, if City did need it, they would have needed it. Um, it did, City needed a goal. But, and if City did need a goal, they would have needed that time. Um, but yeah, like bringing on those players, it was just a case of get a hold on the game now. Um, I actually said in terms of another prediction that, that went quite well, before the corner came in, I said to Paddy, watch it, you score now. And then Everton allowed five or six minutes where they're just having, they're hitting the post, they're having yeah, shots yeah. on target. To be fair, they didn't have that, did they? No. They didn't have that at all. They had the goal that was ruled out, but it was miles offside. Um, but there's just that inevitable swing of momentum that you get in a game where no matter how good a team is, for example, City, and how defensive a team has been, for example, Everton, they are just going to get something. Um, and that was how it swung. And you can see why, obviously, at that point, Guardiola was like, yeah, make the possessions longer. Get on the guys who are most likely to... Look, maybe Bernardo needed a rest, whatever it was. Grealish, obviously, he's not he's anywhere not, he's near ba- the top of been the... In the team. I wondered, you know, actually, because I, I want to talk about Docker a bit later on and we'll come back to that, but I wondered if Grealish... It was only a cameo today, but I wondered if, like, he'd he'd shown a little bit of what he can offer that has been missing a little bit but obviously you would have seen presumably you would have seen and people listening to this would have seen or heard what Guardiola said about him like Guardiola didn't give it the full kind of I'm trying to think who else other than Leroy Sane but there's obviously been others where it's like like Phillips It it was very obvious when he was talking about Phillips even a year ago that he was never going to really get a game and it wasn't happening but it was along the same kind of lines wasn't it like Joe Grealish will play soon. It's like, yeah, I hope so. It was that kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, we need to get him back to his best level. Um, you know, by all accounts, that um, the rumours about him having a row on on Monday and not being in the team for Sunday um, weren't true. Um, but obviously, Guardiola's not happy with his performance. In terms of his, him coming on and what he did, there was that one time when City could have had another break. And again, I was thinking, well, City have already done this once with mm. De Bruyne playing in Haaland. And again, talk about the ad hoc nature. De Bruyne's pass with his left foot is actually unreal. Yeah, yeah, it's just on the screen in think, front of us again Because I knew he wasn't starting because of my own intelligence, by which I mean somebody had told me there was an <laughs> FPL account who said that Haaland wasn't playing. Sorry, De Bruyne wasn't playing. And then I realised when Haaland had scored twice, I was like, I still kept him as captain. Why have I done that? Mate. Yeah, ridiculous. I was like, but I said, I was, I'm not going to take him out because you can still come on and get an assist, which yeah, is exactly yeah. what happened. But why did I keep him as captain? That was mental. Um, Sorry, it's not but, like you captain Foden like I did. Well, <laughs> but then I thought, that's why I was when, so angry. But when he the got right. the goal, when, he, when, when Haaland got the second goal, I remember thinking, well, that'll be a De Bruyne assist, but it's, it's one of those assists that it's not really a great ball and the striker's just done all the work, but seeing it back, yeah. it is a great ball. 
Um, but yeah, so going back to Grealish, so once City had already got that goal on the break, and then Grealish was breaking through, they'd had a couple of nibbles at him, and he'd got away, and it was almost like he stopped to wait to be fouled again, and it yeah. was like, to be fair, fair enough, it's 2-0, you probably don't need to be pushing it and risk the game opening up, that was probably the right decisions to do in no circumstances, but I did feel like you can be this counter-attacking player now that you can be. Can I, can I give you the, I don't know if you'd have seen this, um, but uh, I, I looked at Guardiola after that had happened, and you know what he was doing? Go on. Applauding. Okay, yeah. So there we go. Right? Yeah. And like we, it, it feels a bit harsh to, you know, everything we say about Grealish is he's so important for that and then say, oh, well, he should have attacked. You know. Yeah, yeah. But you, you, that's the thing. Like in the circumstances, you know, with De Bruyne's natural instincts and the circumstances, he probably thought this ball is, I'm going to do it. Maybe Guardiola wouldn't have wanted him to, I'm not sure. But yeah, with Grealish, as much as I would have wanted him to personally, just, you know, get a third goal. It probably was more sensible then, and if Guardiola was applauding, then fine. So it, was, yeah. it goes to show that's exactly what he wanted, and therefore, even if it wasn't the right decision for us, it was the right decision for what Guardiola wants, and therefore, it's, it's the right decision. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That is the end of the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want more, though, head over to lmtpod.com and sign up for those member episodes. They are longer, they're ad-free. Sam, what is for members in the post-Everton one? Doku, Edison getting kicked in the face and some transfer stuff like Savio and Kimmich and possible departures we don't know who's going but that's kind of the fun of it Yeah. who, who could that possibly be? that's all for members those ad free episodes are longer and they're out earlier you can find out more on lmtpod.com if you want to send us an email it's hello at lmtpod.com we're also on Twitter Instagram and TikTok so just search for lmtpod on there thank you very much for listening we will see you next time Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.